Hello gamers and welcome to another exciting edition of Game Warp. I'm Owen. I'm Kim. And this is our recap of E3 2019. Now, we are coming to you now just having sort of just come back from E3 2019 and I have to say that while every sport has its like you know, it has its Super Bowl, wrestling has its WrestleMania, rugby has its Six Nations and uh, with gaming it's always been E3 has always been like our you know it's always been our big event to look forward to every year all the big names come out and show us what they've got and here heading into 2019 it was a little bit different uh, I have to say because obviously PlayStation weren't coming uh, EA announced that they were approaching it a completely different way and it basically left Microsoft and Nintendo as the only main players so there was some real skepticism whether E3 had actually lost its way, whether it's going to, it was sort of like a sign of the end. And I know there was some skepticism, as I said, just generally whether there's going to be anything worth seeing this year. So we're now obviously going to go over the conferences that we saw, uh, which was obviously EA, Microsoft, Ubisoft. <laughs> Pretty awkward to put those two together. Um, Square and Nintendo. As well as the PC gaming show, and I think we'll put it best off for Kim and obviously starting with the EA because they obviously kick off the conference as normal. This year was more trailers, less talk, is the way that they sold their conference, even though it seemed the same as every other year, apart from without no uh, scritchy old e gamers. So there was that bonus to it. I have to say, this is a conference of a lot of yearly updates, as in the case of NFL and FIFA, and sort of add-on packs for Battlefield 5 and The Sims and the only really sort of appeal was the first game we saw which was Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order um, which is set after the Revenge of the Sith you play a rogue Jedi who is uh, managed to survive the mass execution of all the Jedi and you're currently on the run and tasked with escaping uh, the Inquisitor known as the Second Sister who is uh, currently trying to hunt you down um, this is a third-person action game, and I have to say, I was really impressed with this one. I don't know about yourself, Kim. Well, I've never been much of a Star Wars player, but uh, it definitely looked good. Um, I liked how, you know, everything seemed to play well, and there's, you know, it, it's a nice environment, and I liked, you know, the enemies, and kind of like, they showed a lot of gameplay as well, so it was, you know, a conductive way to show off their game. <laughs> Which is, you know, sometimes not the case, right? I don't think they had a release date. No, it's still yet, not right? got a release date. Um, I'm expecting it to fall sometime in 2020. And, I mean, yeah, it's we, recently what we've had with a, the sort of string of Star Wars games, it's all been sort of like Battlefield, uh, which was kind of hit and miss. And now this is sort of like taking things back to basically it's kind of going into um it, it's taking Star Wars back into sort of a more sort of hack and slash sort of territory and i really liked what this game looked i mean first of all the game looks absolutely stunning and it also feels that we're not treading over sort of areas we've seen like multiple multiple times before and especially with a property like star wars where it's sort of like so many you know so many 
parts to it now. It's been so run into the ground. So whenever we weren't seeing something that we haven't seen before, you know, like Imperial soldiers going, oh, rebel scum, or that sort of nonsense. Like when we have the scene where uh, where he's like fighting the big spider, when he's obviously doing like the stuff with like, you know, going for the environment and using the lights everywhere. This was all really exciting stuff and it felt very fresh, which is what the Star Wars games have needed for a long time as before it's just sort of felt like oh we're just going for the same thing we're just like oh relive this battle you know play this overpowered being and it's sort of like here we actually felt like yes you're a jedi but at the same time you feel that you're not over overpowered and you actually do have the potential to get uh bumped off at any particular moment which i thought was uh nice to actually have some real danger to it for a change well, yeah, it wasn't only the danger, I think, but I think one one of the things that really I liked was that we had, you know, the little robot companion. I think what, once that started, it was it was just so charming to see, and I think it's a nice little um, twist in things as well. I don't know if other games had that. I don't. I don't think so. No, they they didn't. Yeah, so I mean, it's it's an impressive game. It's very combat heavy, and it feels like there might be some stealth. It might have some, you know, flexibility, and you know, like the recent games have where, you know, you can approach things in a certain way or in the way that you prefer, I would say. Um, so it's it's pretty impressive. I think that it's a, it's a let's say since we've been doing this, um, I've been seeing more Star Wars games and this is the first footage that I'm genuinely interested in and that I would consider playing if I got the chance. Okay. Um... As I said, the rest of the EA conference, I mean, EA normally yeah. come in, they do like a big fuss about esports, and they normally wheel out some, you know, some pale, nervous looking bloke who's apparently won some title in some contest, and they make this whole deal. And I mean, it was kind of refreshing not to have esports on the agenda this year. Um, and just to obviously focus on the games themselves, certainly things like Battlefield still look to be going from strength to strength. The Sims. I felt underwhelmed by Island Life, but I know there's people out there who are excited about the prospect of mermaids and building island huts and things like that. So you know, good for well, them. Well, I mean, you got you got your mermaid lovers, and they're going to be really interested in The Sims Four having mermaids and that sort of magical element to it as well. I know, um, and yeah, it was and... a bit worrying when they were like, "Oh, you can make friends with a dolphin," and that was like the big thing. It's like, oh. That's great. <laughs> yeah, and, and like, I mean, you were talking about Battlefield Five. I think Battlefield Five is still pretty good. Um, honestly, at at the at my residence, we're still uh, we're still on Battlefield One, so <laughs> we haven't moved ahead with life yet. Um, but it's pretty interesting because I mean, they're talking about Chapter Four and Five at this point, and then um, it's interesting that right now they're moving into like Chapter Four is the North African Desert, yeah. which I thought was a pretty uh, unique location. I don't think we've done much desert locations before, so uh, that could be interesting, I think, um, for, you know, as a new map. Uh, other than that, I mean, I always like EA for, you know, their originals, and I don't think they really mentioned anything during the actual EA play, but um, they did, you know, have a video on their, uh, on the EA uh, channel, on the YouTube channel, um, about, you know, just the, the different people talking, you know, the different, like three different devs that they work with talking about their upcoming games. Um, obviously, uh, we have everyone's, you know, favorite Joseph Ferris, uh, from Hazelight, uh, who did A Way Out, uh, talking about, you know, a dev as being a developer, but not revealing his game yet. 
Um, it's supposed <laughs> to be revealed soon at some point, I think. But it hasn't been revealed yet, but he is working on something right now. The studio is working on something now. And, and I mean, we have other um, other game, other game like developers talking about, you know, just game development, um, Glowmade and Zoink and all that. Um, and then obviously Jome Games, which announced Sea of Solitude um, last year, was about um, a girl, uh, you know, just in, in just floating on the ocean or like a an ocean post-apocalyptic world that's like um, like just a water world sort of thing. And um, and it talked, I think, it linked into a little bit of a depression and stuff like that. Uh, and that finally got a release date, and that's July fifth, which is coming up fairly soon which is interesting to see i mean i like the i've always been like a fan of the ea originals i think that it's a really nice concept and they seem to really pick up some interesting projects so it'll be nice to see you know in the coming you know months uh what these studios are going to announce as you know their games that they're focusing on that they're developing right now yeah definitely um so onto xbox i mean or microsoft (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah Switch. The, the 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 event that always murders us in terms of stamina <laughs> challenges <laughs> your stamina and how much games you can digest in in an hour in an hour and a half or two hours or something oh definitely so i know it's always when it comes into e3 or when you're covering any sort of big event where you're going to be taking on like taking in a lot of information i don't know about yourself kim but i always get the fear and really, when you're going into Microsoft, that's when it really sorts of uh, hits home. It's the fact is, and they come out and they're like, oh, yeah, we're going to go through like 60 games and we're going to shock and awe <laughs> the audience. So, just like, so that they're just like bombarded with imagery and stats and information. So that all you can think about by the end of it is just Microsoft. <laughs> and I mean, yeah, it's, I mean, Microsoft obviously, as always, they come to play. They. This year, I mean, they've they've really sort of focused on bringing in a lot more independent studios for for their team X Force. Um, <laughs> they're forming their own Avengers over there, just independent programmers, and it's really cool to see the games which obviously coming out as a result of this. Mm-hmm. And certainly, when we were when we were looking at some of the titles, I mean, obviously we saw things such as. Um, so it's just like Ori and the Will and the West, which the trailer for myself, it felt more like a boss reel than anything, than an actual gameplay trailer. But I think that, you know, I, I think that for a game like Ori, it is very important to show a lot of boss fights because those are the really challenging bits. Um, I mean, with it's kind of, it's kind of like a Metroidvania sort of sort of style so it does have a lot of you know that element of you know walking around and finding things and just fighting endless enemies and i think that that showed a lot more of you know gameplay than anything we've seen before which was mostly cinematic and it's been announced i think probably since two e3s ago i believe the sequel yeah i mean it's definitely a bit one that's been in the works i mean certainly when we were they were talking about doing the ea originals um then ori was like one of those first sort of big titles that 
that we were like super excited about. I mean, we love the original Ori. Uh, that was a complete blast to play through, and it's still beautiful to look at. And it's lovely to, when we look at Will of the West that they've not lost a step. It's retained everything that we love about the original, and at the same time, seems to be trying to give us something new than just like going, "Oh, here's a bunch of new levels for for, for this." We're not really going to give you anything new here. And I think mm-hmm. the fact that they're finding new ways to sort of push the gameplay is just always really interesting to see. Yeah, for sure. I mean, um, I mean, it was a fairly indie heavy. Obviously, I'm not gonna go through the ID at Xbox because that's ridiculously long. Um, but I mean, they did show trailers for like um, some other games. I mean, one of the heavy focuses was Ninja Theory. You know, that now partners with them, right? It's a yeah. studio under their wing, and um, they talked about Bleeding Edge, which is a pretty stylistic sort of four v four arena fighting game i'm not sure how many more of these games the market can take before it collapses (laughs) (laughs) everybody wants in on this and i'm just kind of like i'm not sure how much more and i think it's but i feel like it's because i'm i'm not much of a multiplayer sort of person and i'm more of like a single player or like a co-op player so to me it feels a bit a bit like the market is overloaded with these because i just keep seeing them come out but yet Nothing has really grasped me to want to, I don't know, pick one up, I guess, to play. Okay. Um, well, I mean, obviously Ninja Fairy, they've got definitely got credibility as a studio. When we look at their catalogue of games, it's very impre- very impressive and certainly many of my favourites. So they've produced so many of my favourite games there. And I think this is a real sort of change in direction for the studio. Mm-hmm. As this is the, as I said, this is their first fighting game. It's a 4x4 arena game and just looking at the cast it's very much in the sort of vein of overwatch uh so you've got all these different colorful characters all have got different sort of fun abilities and i think it's gonna be one that's gonna be fun to obviously dive into Mm -hmm. once once it comes out and i think once we get a better idea of how the fighting mechanics are going to work because it seems that it's going to be very melee combat based which is something we haven't really seen before we've always seen like you know guns and guns and more guns when it comes to like arena uh, sort of fighting game. So if this is going the melee route, then that would certainly be something different. And of course, it begs the question of how it's going to to work. So I'm really interested to obviously see which one this goes. I mean, the technical alpha starts on June 27th, so you can sign up for that now. And uh, yeah, I think that's. I think it's definitely one to watch. And I think well, there's so many titles like that where. You felt like you were getting more of a cinematic trailer than a gameplay trailer, and it it just some of it, you know, it worked. Like obviously, as I said in the uh, in the case of, of this one, it worked, and then there was others where such as like um, I think it was like Zombie Army Four or something. The way it just like <laughs> felt, oh, I'm just I'm not really getting anything from this. I mean, mm-hmm. give me something to grasp hold of. I mean, certainly this year, I mean, Blair Witch got a, a reveal trailer. Mm-hmm. Which seems to be it's going to be very much like uh, Outlast, as in you're going to have the first person sort of viewpoint, no sort of weapons from what we can see. Believe me, before that scene, before the the title, um, the title went up, I actually thought it was like an Outlast, like sequel, like <laughs> the third Outlast or something. That would be certainly welcome. I mean, especially if it was like Outlast, like the first one, because the second one was just so trippy, it just spun me out too much in its visuals, and I just wish for more of the set more of the just like down to earth 
crazy people in the asylum first game but i'm hoping from what we saw in the blood the blow witch that it's not a cinematic that this is actual sort of gameplay footage so where you're there searching around with a torch and you've got mm-hmm. the camcorder i hope that this is this is what what the game's actually going to be like and i mean the game itself is going to see you playing an investigator searching for a missing boy in the obviously the mythical woods mm-hmm. and no doubt encountering all kinds of weirdness. I mean, it's not the first time that Blow Witch has been tackled. We had the original trilogy of games which tried to add to the mythology and things like Coffin Rock. And that was released back in 2000. And while it had kind of like a Silent Hill, Resident Evil feel to it, it felt more at the time like you're playing Lost in the Woods Simulator than a survival horror game that I think they were intending it to be. So hopefully this will be a little more enjoyable than that one. Um... Obviously, back to the studios, obviously, taking on the wing of Microsoft. We have to obviously talk about Double Fine Productions, who have now joined Xbox, um, bring with them Psychonauts 2. And I don't know about you, yourself, Kim, but I mean, I'm always excited to see the great and all powerful Tim Schafer. <laughs> uh, I, just, I just know that if something's attached to, to him and his team, win safe hands, and suddenly Psychonauts 2 looks awesome. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I still have yet to play Psychonauts. It's something that's definitely on my list for, you know, this year. Um, hopefully not bumped any further than this year. Um, yeah, no, but I mean, like, there's there's a whole lot of, you know, Double Fine Productions has done some great games. And at the same time, they also publish a lot of, you know, they, they also are publish, publishing a lot of great games back then, too. You know, I mean, I think Double Fine also published uh, Guacamelee, which was, you know, one of our favorite games that we've played on the channel and on, you know, on, on the podcast that we had, on the games that we've reviewed. Um, but, you know, aside from that, if we look back, you know, there were quite a few uh, indie titles, obviously. We started off with, like, Outer Worlds, which I believe is an indie title. Um, and then we have, you know, other games like uh, Spiritfarer, which is kind of a little bit more of a, kind of like a sim game. Uh, set in, you know, a t- set in a world of death <laughs> where you're sending off spirits and such. Um, it's super, it looks super cute. I'm interested to see uh, more footage on that. And then you have, like, the really trippy 12 minutes, which is kind of like a bit more of the time travel uh, where, you know, you have this space and time where you, a same scene keeps happening and then you have to try to do things to avoid it, I guess. Um, yeah, you're going to basically be locked in this 12-minute time loop. Yeah. Exactly. And you have to basically scramble around for the apartment to try and find new clues on each yeah. rotation round to find out why your wife's been arrested, mm-hmm. what the hell's going on here. And it, I mean, that one really caught me off guard. And it's the more I sort of dived into it, because the trailer doesn't really give anything away, but the more I sort of dived into it, it's like, well, that's actually a really it's, cool idea. It's also very unique because it uses that top-down thing. I found that even more trippy, because as you were watching the stuff going on, you really felt like, you're the spectator looking in on this and then you have to kind of maneuver him so that's one that i'm definitely you know looking forward to and then after that one we definitely went into a much more toned down game and that was uh way to the woods by anthony tan (laughs) dear Um, simulator 2019 (laughs) (laughs) yeah so that one i was like a little bit like i'm not sure what to expect because the trailer really just seems like deers walking around um it it does doesn't it yeah, um, but I think that was it for uh, for most like most of the indie games coming out as for the announcements, and then obviously we went into some of the more I don't know 
more. I think it's classic games. I mean, it's kind of funny when Minecraft is like, oh, from the creators of Minecraft, but it's not Minecraft. It's just Minecraft Dungeons. And I was like, it's the same thing. What are you talking about? I it's Minecraft with a different hat. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm, not try- I'm not sure what you're trying to get to me. And then, you know, we have Battletoads, which we saw a teaser last year, and we finally yeah. got some actual footage this year. Um, I don't know what in the world possessed them to make this, but they're doing Microsoft Flight Simulator. But it looks super good. I was like, I was looking at this, and I was like, I never played Microsoft Flight Simulator. I'm not a simulator sort of person. Yeah. But the concept of like doing, it's like if you can't travel, this is the next best thing. Because <laughs> all the, because all of the graphics look super nice. It's like you know, I'm sure we're gonna talk about it later when we hit like Planet Zoo or something uh, in the PC gaming show. But it looks just like it really shows how technology has gotten so much better because. The flight simulator, as you're looking down at the landscapes and stuff, it's one of the most impressive things. It looks like you're real. It almost feels like you're looking at the real deal, you know? And I was really impressed by that. Um, I mean, obviously, we got a bunch of other things. Uh, the I guess the biggest highlight was... Oh, before we get to the highlight. I mean, I think the le- Legend RPG time, the Legend of Right, was kind of interesting. Because it was kind of like ha- opening up like your activity book, your children's activity book, and getting to do it on on the thing and like on the gaming system, and that's kind of interesting. Yeah, it's had that homemade sort of cross project style. It's like Little Big Planet or Tearaway. Uh, I'm still no idea what's supposed to be going on, but it looked interesting. <laughs> so it, it looks like a re- relaxing time. Let's put it that way. It does. <laughs> it, it's all like no one seems to be like attacking you or you know harassing you. It just seems like you know that would be some that would be a fun one just to like chill with and just like experiment with. And I, I'm interested. I'm always interested to see when you have something a little different like that come along because mm-hmm. obviously when people think you're a gamer, they just assume that you're some knuckle dragon luddite who just sits around playing like Gears of War and. <laughs> and Overwatch and that sort of thing, um, and that you are about just things blowing up and stuff. So it's nice that we have games like this, which are just more sort of gentle and about creative and imagination and about just you know telling different sorts of stories. And I think that's always so important. Yeah. Um, obviously, because we still appreciate you know unsubtle things, we do obviously have to talk about uh, Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven, which I think just the mention of it, people were excited about already. If you want to just tear the roof off the building, have Keanu Reeves introduce it. <laughs> um, Keanu Reeves um, here, you know, continuing his indie phase of turning up in interesting places. And I think since John Wick came out, he just seems to be just doing his own thing. He's just working the Keanu brand. Yeah. And and it's interesting because, you know, he he's, you know, we're going to definitely talk about it as we go along. But, I mean, Keanu Reeves is just like the first person i guess the first actor that shows up in these conferences or at least gets a mention so i mean keanu reeves is great i I mean the fact that we see him in the game and we see like all the things that you know he's like the i guess he's gonna be involved in a good portion of the story at least uh, that's what it seems like because uh you know (laughs) it's keanu reeves (laughs) um yeah we're not sure what his involvement is but he's certainly been put into the game yeah. and his likeness and and obviously voice acting talents are there on show and mm. i mean this game looks crazy i mean at the moment it's still very much cinematic trailers we're seeing so what way it's all gonna go 
Um, it's it's unclear, but I know it's going to be a first person shoot 'em up. Yeah. Um, but it does look absolutely crazy. I mean, if the game is anything like the cinematic trailer that we the cinematic trailers that we've gotten to see so far, um, this game is going to be fantastic. I think um, it's it's definitely something to look forward to. As long as all the mechanics work properly, we should be getting a pretty decent game. But I mean, obviously, uh, I guess it's two more things to mention here. Probably, I guess three more things. Um, two more things is the first thing would probably be why we're having so many lego involvement so we got the lego star wars skywalker saga that was um announced and then we also got um the next uh forza horizon 4 with lego speed champions because racing across the london countryside wasn't enough now you have to race in a lego world of i don't know what's going on I don't know what... it makes no sense whatsoever <laughs> i, I, I have... don't know who wants this either yeah exactly i was like huh what and we have, you know, Gears 5, which looks pretty good. Um, I mean, still. Gears 5 is going to pick up after the cliffhanger ending with Gears 4. Um, mm-hmm. We're going to be obviously be following Kate Diaz, who it was established she has this lo- this sort of connection to the Locust. And the, the what they're obviously saying is that's going to be explored a lot more. It's interesting the fact that we obviously changed, the f- changed our um, protagonist here. Because obviously we fought Marcus for the first free games and then we obviously switched it and with gears 4 and now we're switching again for gears 5 and having a female lead which is always really cool to see yeah. and <laughs> i don't know what it is with this whole conference but <laughs> but uh the terminator dark fate skin <laughs> will also be up for grabs and it seems that there's a number of properties that all seem to have worked out deals with terminator dark fate <laughs> as we'll probably talk over and it's sort of like i'm not sure if they told the other people that they were doing this but there's a sense of like, oh look what cool, look what this like exclusive thing we've got is Terminator Dark Fate. It's like no, two other people are also selling us this pack. So <laughs> yeah, and then I mean obviously Gears also went on and went to Gears Pop, which is the mobile game that they announced last year, which surprisingly hasn't been released yet during the last between last conference and this one. Um, still now we don't have a re- release date. It only says that it's coming soon and you can pre-order it. Not sure who's going to pre-order it, but um, I don't know. I mean, it all depends on it all depends on how much it is and how how they're selling this um, yeah. before I before I decide to see if it's something to add to our uh, mobile game roundup. Um, other than that, I mean, State of Decay Two added in their um, DLC. I would call it. Is that it? Their next chapter, Heartland. Heartlands, yeah, it's the next uh, DLC. This is actually a story pack. Um, it's about eight hours of gameplay that you get in here, and it goes back to uh, the location of the original game. Uh, so now you obviously get to see it from, you know, a different sort of angle as you've got two different sets of stories here. They're going to... you obviously got the zombie plague element that was introduced in State of Decay 2. Uh, which is obviously going to change change uh, things through, and we are going to obviously have a review going up um, up t- soon because um, I'm currently playing it at the moment, and yeah, I'm excited to obviously see what else. But it does offer one of the largest build areas uh, to date with the uh, Jurassic base, uh, which is like a dino themed restaurant you convert mm-hmm. into your your stronghold, which is pretty cool. So, um, yeah, I'm excited. I love states of decay, and it's great that they're still doing things things with this uh obviously title um 
the other obviously big one of the conference before we obviously get into you know Microsoft's end game here uh, will be Borderlands 3 we got to see another trailer introducing our four leads of this game um, all of them which look really cool um, then we get a new siren character we get a gunner um, who has got a, a mech suit we've got the bio beast lord and we've got a agency so a secret agent sort of character and I, I mean I'm excited for it I know there's some people who are kind of on the fence of this one which is surprising really because it seems to be just more of the same you know guns loot and was it <laughs> glute or there's a combination of the two words that they threw <laughs> up on the screen that I miss. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, you know, it's the usual thing with Borderlands. Bazillion guns and people to shoot them at. Um, mm. Although I'm still... I mean, I would still love for a follow-up to Telltale Games Borderlands. Tell some Borderlands. I know it's obviously a bit difficult now that Telltale are no longer there. But if someone was to pick it up and do another Tales of the Borderlands, I would really love to see that. So, But mm -hmm. in the meantime, Borderlands 3 does look exciting. Yeah, and I mean, it's it's worth it if you haven't, you know, seen it yet, or if you haven't grabbed it yet, um, hopefully our show is coming up before this happens, uh, that, you know, in June, both um, the Game Pass and PS Plus free, uh, is offering Borderlands the Handsome Collection as yes. part of their free game. So it's going to get you ready, all ready for, up for, like, Borderlands 3 when it comes out on September 13th. <laughs> Um, on to the end game, really, for Microsoft here. I mean, Microsoft, obviously, they were building up to something we've known in the pipeworks for a while, because obviously PlayStation have taken a break, and many assume this is to build up to the announcement of PlayStation 5. And obviously, the all-wise now turn to Microsoft, and what are they going to sort of come up with to oppose it? And that was basically two hardware announcements. We've got Project xCloud, which is Xbox entering into the streaming market, but obviously the big announcement tonight is Project Scarlet, which is currently coming with the promise it's going to be four times more powerful than Xbox One X, with 120 frame rate, 8K capacity, and more excitingly than all that tech tech stuff, which goes completely over my head, is the fact that it's going to have Halo Infinite as the launch title. So, you know, this is exciting times i mean we don't know what it's going to be called is it going to be called xbox 2 is it going to be xbox 720 and just screw up the whole chronology of the names i don't know but i mean if at the moment it's sort of like where do we go i mean obviously at the moment the current gen of gaming is pretty damn good so mm -hmm. how much more realistic can we get well I mean, there, there's always, there's always room for improvement as technology has proven to us that there's always the faster capabilities. There's always more. There's all, and it's, it's honestly to support the next, you know, as technology increases and games get better, it's supposed to be more powerful to be able to power all those games that are coming up. Um, but you know, I mean, before we leave this conference, I think there's also one game that I think was, uh, meant to be really impressive for everybody because, you know, um, the creator of Game of Thrones, you know, George R.R. R. Martin, and yeah. um, the Dark Souls developers has, you know, come together to make, uh, to release Elden Ring, which is pretty much what you'd expect. <laughs> it's kind of like a Soulsy game set in kind of like the, the lores of, you know, kind of like a Game of Thrones -y style, you know, um, that sort of thing. So, um, if, if that, if that's some, 
you know, if you're interested in dying a lot, fighting big monsters, and that sort of thing, um, in the fantasy world, that, that game might be, you know, interesting. But it was really just an announcement trailer. There wasn't really much more than that. So I think that's going to probably be more, you know, fluffed up for the next next E3. Yeah, it's probably just going to be, you know, characters you really care about that are suddenly killed off. And <laughs> gameplay that just makes you want to cry. <laughs> All the things we love. All the things we love. So... Um, yeah, um, so I think it's, uh, I think, um, well, other than that, I think Xbox also is worth mentioning if you are a PC gamer, uh, like myself and do not own an Xbox, that Xbox Game Pass is, for PC is a thing now. Um, so that's going to be really nice because now you can actually have access to stuff and not just like nothing when you have Windows 10. <laughs> oh, definitely. And the Game Pass has been overhauled now to the Game Pass Ultimate. Uh, so you can pay the one-off fee and get your Xbox Live. You get your um, Xbox Game Pass and you also get your PC uh, Game Pass as well in one night bundle, uh, which is really for the reason about $10. Although at the moment, uh, as of the time of recording, they have got the usual offer where they're giving you a month for a dollar. Or a pound if you're here in the UK. I don't know what it is in Canada. Is it a loony or loony? Loony. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there's the usual E3 offers there, Bonanza over there. So, but uh, yeah, I mean it's exciting the fact that they're really sort of doing exciting things with the Game Pass and certainly the libraries only getting. Uh, it, it only continues to be this great uh, place to find fun indie games and and play play titles that you perhaps don't want to pay full price for and prefer just you know rent okay so before we move on to uh, one of the other big conferences because you know playstation and um and ea kind of you know dropped out of the conferences little yeah little conferences started coming up so we had limited run games which was mostly just um sharing a lot of really different games that were going on physical release and then we also had Devolver Digital, which did a very short showcase, but one that was very, like, like a skit. Um, I'm not sure how I feel about the presentation <laughs> itself, <laughs> but it was very light. There was, like, you know, some things about, like, um, Enter the Gungeon is going on arcade, in, in actual arcades yeah. at one point. And then um, there was a really silly-looking game called Fall Guys Knockout, which looked kind of cute, I guess, but... I'm not sure I'm going to be running to play that one. Um, and then they talked about, you know, uh, Carry On, which is a reverse horror game. Um, and, I mean, off-air I was talking to you about how it reminded me of the blob in in um, the end of Inside, which I thought, you know, you were saying that if, if that was made into a game, you would be so down to play it. And I think that this <laughs> might actually, might kind of resemble it, at least the monster itself the, that you're playing resembles it a little and then obviously there has been a game that we've been sharing a lot of information on our facebook and that's my friend pedro yeah um my friend pedro there's been a couple of games that we've sort of been following from like the early days of development there was that and i think the other one was the gymnastic hamster game which we yet to get Mm. an update on so hopefully that's coming out soon because i look really cool uh but yeah my friend pedro is is such a fun development because they would constantly share these like little videos much like um with uh Kaiju Big Battle, Fighter Fantasy, where we get these little snippets of things, and they'd be like doing these animation demos, and you see, oh yeah, we've done this like shooting demo, and it just shows this guy doing like all these moves, the sort of like gun foo that would make John Woo blush, and it's been <laughs> funny seeing this evolve into like a fully 
formed game as they've added all the layers and they've you know developed the game but to see like the little animations that they've done and the test runs and stuff it's been really fascinating to watch this game develop so um it's very exciting the fact that i'm gonna have something else to actually play on the switch let's <laughs> <laughs> see that this does seem like a game that would work pretty well on the switch mm. Um, yeah, and then, well, the conference, you know, we're going to go th through this really quickly. The last two they had was a Devolver bootleg, which was this weird thing, which it was kind of like on Steam, and it had a bunch of, like, rip-off games from, like, other indie games. It's like a play on other <laughs> games. Um, it was kind of odd, but it seems to be an actual thing. Um, and then there was the, the Messenger DLC, which was called Picnic Panic. Um, if, you know, you haven't heard of The Messenger, it's this, um, Montreal-developed game, which is, um, a bit of a tribute to games like, um, games like, uh, I forgot the name of the game. <laughs> What's that ninja game? Um, narrows it down. Huh? Narrows it down. Ninja, <laughs> All right, let me see. ninja Gaiden. Yeah, Ninja Gaiden. Yeah, it, it's kind of like a tribute to Ninja Gaiden, very similar to a game like that. Um, so, yeah, the, that's about it for this one. Um, Devolver Digital was really short. Um, it was kind of like an over-the-top, uh, weird kind of... Something you'd expect Asylum to do if they were going to do a showcase, I guess. Um, but yeah, so moving on to the next big uh, conference was uh, that evening, right after Devolver ended pretty much, um, Bethesda started. And, um, you know, the normal routine for Bethesda, as we would expect, is a lot of different versions of Elder Scrolls. <laughs> um, no more Skyrim in the picture, which is nice, because I don't think they have any more platforms to put it on. Um, well, it's funny you <laughs> and... should say that, because they had Elon Musk in conversation with Todd Howard. Todd Howard obviously being head of Bethesda. And first of all, these are the two of the most eccentric people in the creative field so to put them together i'm surprised like the world didn't split in two and they were obviously talking about the tesla car and the fact that they've teamed up with a tesla to put games in and i was just waiting for it. it's like oh yeah we put we put skyrim in a tesla car now because they pretty much jammed <laughs> it into every other thing now and yeah, yeah, released yeah. it about four or five times so mm -hmm, it's mm -hmm. kind of strange to go into a tesla concert and not see oh here's skyrim <laughs> released again yeah 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 so, yeah, so, I mean, Elder Scrolls, um, I'm going to talk about, you know, they, they talked about Elder Scrolls Blade, which is currently in early access um, on mobile devices. Mm. It's pretty cool. There's, uh, there's kind of, it's kind of like a, a roguelike, it's kind of like a d dungeon crawl sort of game, uh, while there's kind of also like, um, kind of like a city that you can explore and kind of that sort of thing. You have quests and whatnot. Um, they also talked about, obviously, the Elder Scrolls Online, which I know nothing about, but the new thing that came out was Elsewhere. So, <laughs> if you're playing it, you probably already know, so there's a bunch of stuff coming out for that. Um, and I think that about wraps up all of the Elder Scrolls stuff. And then, obviously, they had to, you know, make a big deal about, you know, they poke fun at themselves at the failures of Fallout 76 at launch. Yeah. You know, you, you always can appreciate someone who can poke fun at themselves for their failures, I think. And then, you know, they're talking about how great the community is and how nice the community is. And I'm thinking, well, they're probably nice because they're not really anything else to do. Because at that, you know, currently Fallout 76 was, you know, their big deal was that it was fully, you know, run by everybody in there is someone, an actual person. There are no NPCs. 
you figure things out yourself sort of thing. You kind of have your own fun in that world. Um, but obviously they, I guess they thought back to what that, that wasn't going to work. <laughs> so now all the new things coming out will have the new things coming out. Um, there's year two is going to be Wastelanders, which is going to be all about, you know, they're going to have NPCs. And, you know, I think that <laughs> as much as, you know, their first step was wrong, I think putting in NPCs, um, you know, as generic as that sounds in a game. <laughs> <laughs> it works a lot better. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they, I mean, Fallout seventy six. I mean, it didn't just like wasn't just a misfire. It pretty much exploded on the launch pad. It's this horrific experiment. And I mean, back last year when they were announcing like Fallout seventy six, and when it first came out, everyone was like, "Oh, you know, it's gonna be like another Fallout game, and but just in, like a different location." And everyone's like, "That sounds good." And the more they were explaining it, it's all like, "Oh yeah, it's gonna be like you know." It's going to be player-led, uh, which is always a wor- worrying sign, and that it's all going to... They're going to have all these sort of elements, and as soon as you... When the game obviously comes out and there's no NPC, so essentially left with a dead world uh, where you just wander around and pick up recordings of things, and they were kind of like surprised, oh, wait a minute, this li- world's a bit lifeless, so Wastelanders is going to obviously put life back into the world, and I think it's a real second chance for Fallout 76 to actually be a working game because the foundations are there it's just it's obviously missing key parts which obviously make a world you know fun to be in and to explore and I think the NPCs as as little as we obviously think about them they proved how key they are to obviously this world works because otherwise you, I mean you're just wandering around the wasteland talking to yourself and you look at any great work of art, sort of like like with Batman, he has Robin because no one wants to see Batman talk to himself for seven hundred issues. Um, that's that's a that's a good that's a good, uh, that's a good um, parallel to but draw. It's sort of like the problem is with Tesla. I mean, yes, they accept. It's sort of like, oh yes, we've had some feedback from the community, and I'm thinking, yes, you've had feedback from the community. <laughs> but we're just, I see you're carefully scared on the rug. What sort of feedback you've had from the community? Because Oh, from like the free giveaway with that crappy helmet to just the game itself. I mean, the game itself, I think you probably would have got more use out of it if you used it as a coaster than an actual game disc. So, um, But <laughs> the other thing with the, the, the Fallout 76 is they're giving you the Wastelanders update, which is great. And then it's like... Yeah, that, that sounds like a solid yeah. idea. I think it was, you know, they're talking about, you know, people are coming in now. They're trying to reclaim the land and that sort of thing. And that's okay. That sounds really great. It seems like they've really, like, built... They're building... Um, extending the lore of the land a little bit more and giving it a bit of life, which is always nice. Yeah. Um, Do you know what? Isn't it nice, then, though? You know, I know, I know where you're going, <laughs> because after that, it's uh, it's Nuclear Winter that gets re- announced, and uh, you know how we all love another Battle Royale game. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you, want, <laughs> you want people to start accusing you of planting people to be excited about your game? Announce a Battle Royale game in an RPG. Nobody wanted a Battle Royale game in Fallout, but the only thing good thing I can say about this is that maybe it gives the trolls and the squeakers somewhere to go, so the rest of us can just enjoy like having an adult game to play. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah. I, I mean, as much as they want to say, you know, it's a Battle Royale, but it's Fallout, and you're gonna have like a Ring of Fire, and you're gonna have like weird cryptozoology creatures and nukes and. You know, it just... Mm. If you're not excited by a trailer, then you've got trouble. (laughs) 
So, anyways, moving on to, I guess, another bigger, another property they have that's fairly big would be Wolfenstein. So, Wolfenstein is obviously following up from their previous year's announcement, I believe, was it? Yes. Um, and that's their VR game, Cyber Pilot, which I believe has a release date now. I can't remember it right now. And then, um, and then obviously, it's a co-op game that we were pretty excited about, and that's Youngblood. Which, you know, for the information of single players out there, you could play a single player, but is crafted to be a co-op game. Yeah, it's going to be, uh, you can play it as couch co-op, you can play it as yeah, online co-op, whatever way you want to play. Uh, Youngblood and Cyberpilot both coming out in July, though Youngblood obviously has a release date of July 26. Um, mm. Now, this is going to be set two decades after where the... Uh, the second game left off, and you're going to be playing as the Daughters of Blaskowitz, also known as the Wolves. And uh, like the daddy, all they care about is killing Nazis. So so many wolves. Hmm? So many wolves, because later on we're going to talk about another game in Ubisoft, which also is called the Wolves. Um, but, yeah. you know, it ties together. <laughs> I mean, they, they hunt together. So Yeah, yeah. But, you sure. know, I was excited about, uh, about Youngblood. I mean, it's... I am, it's definitely. more the same. You know, we, but... we, I mean, once we uh, once we at our studios work out, you know, our offices work out this whole co-oping issue, <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna be getting on this co-op game train, you know. <laughs> yeah, we generally have one tactic though. It's it's basically bringing the stunt game and then hide behind him because normally he knows what he's doing. <laughs> yeah, and then. And then, obviously, we're going to move on to, you know, something like Rage 2, which I'm sure you're very excited about, is they had, you know... How, how did you feel? You're you're like the Rage 2 fan between us. How did you feel about them ex talking about, you know, I guess it was a DLC or an expansion um, of like Rise of the Ghost? Yeah, the problem with Rage 2 is they're selling it as Borderlands, but the game itself isn't like Borderlands. It's not as funny. It's very, you know, it's just very sort of straightforward uh, shoot 'em up It's very pretty, and it certainly got mm -hmm. some good elements there. Uh, but I know a lot of people are saying that they still prefer the original Rage. A lot of people came into it thinking, oh, we're going to get something like Bulletstorm and um, Borderlands. And obviously it, it didn't sort of deliver on that count. But, you know, it's there's some interesting elements in the world. Certainly the ghosts, the new gang that are coming in, look really kind of cool the, with a school face paint. And I don't know, I can, part of me kind of wish that Andrew WK came back to terrify and, and confuse some more developers again because that was the highlight <laughs> of Bethesda's concert last year so right uh, um yeah and then um and then obviously we had um we had a taste of the past which is commander keen um uh, is gonna be an upcoming mobile game that's coming uh where it's also kind of like the whole youngblood concept where it's the twins of <laughs> The original Commander Keen, which is, you know, back in, what, the 90s? It was a 90s yeah. property, I believe. Uh, so they're coming back, and they're going to be a mobile game. I'm interested to see how that goes, but I just wonder how much they're going to charge for it, because I doubt it's going to be a free game at that point, if it has, like, a story mode and everything to it. Um, but, I mean, other than that, there was uh, Doom Eternal that was announced, <laughs> and uh, they also had an extra, uh, an extra mode, which is the battle mode. And um, Doom Eternal looks good. I've never actually played Doom before because I'm not much of a first-person shooter. Okay. But how well, how do you feel about <laughs> Doom Eternal? I'm very excited about Doom Eternal. Doom Eternal is basically building on what we saw with the previous Doom reboot. Uh, so, you know, mm -hmm. it's just basically more of the same. It's 
guns, demons, yeah. and hell, all that sort of fun <laughs> stuff. And they've added in some new elements, like there's a swing mechanic, and they can yeah. climb. So, uh, yeah, basically, yeah. all they need to show is just like demons being eviscerated. And there's some really sort of cool moves. I mean, there's some really sort of mean spirited stuff with like a demon, the spider demon being stabbed in the eye with his own leg. And <laughs> yeah, I mean, it taps into that that teenage boy or teenage girl you know running gun sort of fancy mm-hmm. i mean the doom properties always play to its strengths i mean it's all, that's the great thing about about doom it's never really tried to do anything else from like way back in like the 90s with that original sort of uh the original first person it sort of set the template for what first person shooters were um and with the doom reboot it adds on to it nicely and doom eternal just seems to be more of the same just with a few new tricks and i think it's gonna be a lot of fun certainly everything we've seen looks cool you get a shoulder cannon now which seems to just be an excuse to add more carnage to the screen it's like well you've only got two hands but we can add a third gun to you repertoire <laughs> but yeah for sure. yeah i mean Bethesda. i mean this it was a very shooter heavy showcase i mean obviously you had race two you had doom eternal you yeah. got death loop coming up yeah that's yeah so they so that was you know one of the two new properties that they're doing. Obviously, the Evil Within devs are moving on to Ghostwire Tokyo as well. Yeah. So I guess I guess Evil Within is is done now. I think so. I mean, they've they brought in um, Akumi uh, Nakamura, who's heading up this one. She previously worked on uh, Evil Within, and it, it's really so interesting because I think people was excited to see her and her, her genuine enthusiasm. As they mm-hmm. were the actual game itself, and yeah. the game itself is going to be really kind of cool. It's kind of very similar, sort of vain to Evil Within. You're going to be going through Tokyo, and you're going to be able to interact with spirits, and you sort of like have to decide who, which of these spirits are going to help or who's going to hind- hinder your quest. And I mean the the problem with the we obviously had here, and I think this ran for the whole concert is we got another cinematic trailer, but no gameplay. And there's so many games mm-hmm. where it's like. Oh, look at this beautiful cinematic trailer, but where's the gameplay? So, yeah. it's a real pain when you come to write about it. And it's all like, well, we assume it's going to be this. Yeah. I mean, the concept itself is good. And I think that if, if they were to do, like, to, to have it look like how they how they showed it, and kind of, like, the concept behind it really delivers, and depending on how they, you know, execute the game itself and the game mechanics, I think this game is one to definitely, you know check on and i'm pretty excited for it i'm pretty excited to see what's gonna happen but i have a feeling that you know we're probably not gonna it's, it's not gonna have a release date until next e3 at least um that's my assumption at least mm-hmm. um but then you know I've, as you mentioned before there was death loop which is also a shooter i believe yeah you're gonna basically play both sides so you get yeah. to play like uh the sort of like the force of a so-called law and order and you could say play the uh this character who's on like the forces of anarchy and it's interesting in the fact that they're both looking at this island situation it's like oh one person sees it as hell the other person sees it as being yeah. free lots of yeah. really interesting sort of concepts being thrown out there in just the trailer and just it really established who these characters are what their core beliefs are and i'm really sort of excited to see where they go from here it's sort of like You've spread. You've laid a nice table. Now let's just hope we put uh, a decent meal on. Yeah, and and I mean, I mean, this is like um, this game is by Arcane Studios, and they've you know, you know, they've been a pretty solid, 
you know, they've delivered some pretty solid games. I mean, some of them obviously have their flaws, but, you know, I mean, their last game was Prey, and that one, I think, was pretty well received in general. Yeah, um, you can uh, obviously check that out on Game Pass at the moment if you haven't already. So, yeah, Prey, I mean, Prey was definitely an interesting game. It had some interesting ideas that I'm still getting into it, so I can't really give you, like, a big mm-hmm. <laughs> critique on it, but certainly it's been very well received. <laughs> yeah. So I think that really wraps up Bethesda. Mm. Like, what were your, you know, what were your general thoughts? A lot of shooters, <laughs> not enough, it's, too many cinematic trailers. It was a vast improvement <laughs> over last year, where oh, it was yeah, like forty percent Skyrim re-release. Um, yeah. So I feel, yeah, I think Bethesda was the first one that kind of like turned the tables around a little this year, where you really felt like they had something to deliver. There was some good content in there. There was some new IPs that are coming out that you know look fairly unique i suppose definitely um, um the thing i also love about bethesda is that they had the gamers talking about what they love about gaming which i thought was kind of it i mean it has nothing really to do with what bethesda are doing other than to basically big up their products um but you know it was it was just a reminder really of what why we are at e3 what brings it all together we're gamers and why we enjoy gaming yeah. it's about experience yeah. meeting Fun and interesting people and shooting and then teabagging them. <laughs> so, <laughs> or whatever you happen to be playing. <laughs> all, all the good and silly and bad moments that create and break friendships and stuff it's like a, that. It's yeah. silly. And he was sort of like, there's like, there's a guy that he's sort of like, oh, I, I don't really, I find it hard to social with people online, but I have more friends online than I do in real life. And I was like, I feel you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like, I know, I'm that guy too. So, uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, I always like when they add a little bit of humanity to the proceedings rather than just just being a sales pitch. And it's nice to know Bethesda, they can accept they made a mistake. I mean, they may not yeah. outright say, you know, we screwed up. But the fact yeah. that they're making changes um, that make sense, uh, unlike, you know, that Lego DLC for, that's coming for Forza 4, I'm still not sure what the hell that's about. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, oh, man. And then after this, you know, obviously that wrapped up our Sunday, which was kind of intensive Sunday for, for our day one of conferences, like official day one of conferences. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so we moved on to day two, which turned out to be even worse because there was a whole <laughs> lot of stuff and some really big conferences to go through. Um, so we started off, started off the day with... Um, the fantastically long PC gaming show, and I say that in some of a sarcastic way because that was a pain of the pain in the ass of a, a recap to write up for us both. <laughs> yeah, it's sort of like the the warning signs is when the when the host comes out and goes, "We got sixty two games to show you," and <laughs> yes, if you are if you are watching it, yeah, that's great. Is just someone who's got a report on it. No, not so great. <laughs> um, more yeah. so when things so are vague. Think... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and so I think that the best way to approach PC gaming show is to kind of run through the games which appeal to okay. us or, you know, has a bit of interest more than... Because if we kept this going on, PC gaming show would be a show by itself. Mm. So, uh, so yeah. So, what caught your attention? Um, first off, in the world, Bullet is Evil Genius Two. 
Um, so infused was I by this the trailer that I went back and played the original Evil Genius. Um, if you didn't actually play the game, definitely check it out. You play a Bond villain, and you have to basically build your Bond villain lair. So you put in traps, you hire henchmen, and you have to set up your you send your minions out into the world to steal funds to fund your operation and you carry out dastardly deeds and you slowly build up so you got a business management sim you got a um as i said you've got sort of strategies elements in there and while we didn't obviously see any gameplay from this one i'm just expecting it basically to be a graphical uphaul of the first one um so hopefully no doubt give us some new ideas and new uh, things to play around with but certainly um one I'm looking forward to, and you can sign up for the closed beta now at evilgenius2.com. And um, yeah, definitely. If you, as I said, if you haven't already, check out the original game. You can pick it up dirt cheap on Steam, and uh, yeah, that's definitely a lot of fun as well. Yeah. Um, so I think after that, the one that caught my eye um, would be Mosaic. Although Mosaic seems like it was a not so much. It was kind of like a teaser trailer, of, if anything. Yeah. Um, I think the world itself is very, like, reminiscent of something, like, inside and something a little bit darker. So I'm interested, really, to see if they carry that art style and that atmosphere, um, where they're going to take this game uh, in general. I mean, obviously, there's really not much, you know, you don't really know much. It's just set in this, like, cold and monotonous world. And um, so it, it seems kind of interesting in that sense. Yeah, um next one for myself would be midnight ghost hunt uh this is basically hunter and hunted you either play as a ghost or ghost hunter and if you're a ghost you have to hide from the hunters um until midnight and then when the clock hits midnight you get to turn uh, the tables on the hunters and basically throw furniture at them and the hunters have to survive until they're evac so really fun concept certainly everything that we saw looked yeah. really cool um kind of got elements there of para uh para guy uh, or poltergeist, mm -hmm. should I say, uh, where you, okay. as I said, just run around playing ghosts and hiding in furniture and stuff. And I love, as I said, just even when you've seen the footage of like the ghost hunters to go around and like zapping lamps and stuff, going, "Oh, it's in the lamp!" <laughs> oh no, it's not. <laughs> um, that was definitely fun. And obviously, on the horror kick, uh, Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines Two, uh, huge cult following for Vampire the Masquerade One, which was, I mean, it was unfinished on release and the gaming community actually patched it and they they really kept the game going so to see bloodlines 2 coming out uh it's very sort of exciting and to see the spin on the vampire mythos that obviously the world of darkness uh games bring to things so yeah for sure um i really like vampire mythos things i don't play i don't feel like there's enough vampire games in general like released in a year i guess it's still fairly untapped territory i think um the last one we saw was vampire from uh from mm. don't nod which was their last one that they came out with um but yeah for me i think the next one would be uh remnant from the ashes um that's a upcoming co-op action shooter set in like a post-apocalyptic earth um in the trailer they showed off you know all kinds of different environments that you're playing in um and you know i have a thing for you know uh, it, it also is kind of like really focused on replayability and I always think you know a game is sold a lot on that especially because sometimes if a game is really good you do want to go back and 
experience it again. But you don't want to experience the same game. And um, for Remnant from the Ashes, what's one of their selling points is that they have a dynamic generation system where every player in that in that world, they're going to experience different events that will go on. So you can be in your world and then your buddy over there who wants to join into your co-op can explore the world that, you know, that path that you're going through. And, you know, the loot that they get for the whoever they fight will adapt to where they are and, you know, that, that location and environment themselves. And I think that that's, you know, that, that shows a lot of technique. Um, whether it's going to be really, you know, going to work out to be as diverse as, you know, it, it, you would expect it to be is another question, obviously, because, you know, we've played games before that are like that, where, you know, Burly Men kind of has that path where you can go into different things or you have other um, other different games, which say that you can find different uh, options. Like when we played, um, what was that one that we were in space? Uh, the 12, uh, not 12 minutes. Oh, Sixty seconds. Sixty parsecs. Um, Sixty parsecs. Yeah, sixty parsecs was supposed to give you very randomized events, and we kind of ended up having a, some repeats frequently. Um, so you know, we'll see how that goes. I mean, Remnant from the Ashes definitely looks like a pretty cool game. I'm pretty excited to see where where it's going, and and plus, it's only it's coming out August twentieth, so it's not going to be too long until we see the game come out and you know the, the all the details from it. Um, after that, I think um, Grifflands was also one that was announced last year um, by Clay Entertainment, which are the developers of Don't Starve. Um, I'm starting to really like deck building games. Uh, not so much roguelike because I'm absolute garbage at that. But <laughs> but I like the concept of this one. Um, I've always, like, the first time they showed off the trailer of it, it was a cinematic trailer. And I thought that, you know, the animation style really worked for this one. Um, so I'm interested, like, I'm interesting, it's interesting to see that they've taken that deck building angle for this, um, this game. Nice. Um, another management sim would be Planet Zoo. This is basically picking up where 2013 Zoo Tycoon left off from its Xbox release. I really hope that this gets a console release because it looks so, so, so pretty. Um, basically it's going to be a, uh, a, a more... I don't know what a more advanced version of Zoo Tycoon. I'm guessing it just from seeing what they did with Planet Coaster and the insane rides that people make on Planet Coaster. It seems to be pretty much the same for Zoo uh, for Planet Zoo, where you basically have to build a zoo, and you're going to be building a modern zoo. So that's a focus on ecology and education, rather than just you know caging up as many animals as you can so people can just gawp at them all day so but no we've seen a lot of the animal animations and they all look really really pretty uh yet to see they have sloths which is the one thing i'm bugged about constantly whenever we have zoo games and um obviously whether the we've seen already with like the pens all the things that you can add to them and so whether that's going to apply for all species or whether it's just going to be sort of like the key species is yet to remain. But certainly very exciting to see uh, what they obviously do with that one. Um, and then obviously I should touch on Shenmue 3. I mean, we've been waiting since what, 2001 <laughs> for, for the completion, for the supposed completion of the Shenmue trilogy. Although the developer notes at the moment are basically saying that the ending it's going to be left kind of open so that they continue with Shenmue 4 if uh, anyone's still around to play it for like another 15 years or so. But 
I'm kind of concerned that we're all looking at this through like the old nostalgia goggles because anyone who's played the first two games recently, which you can also get on Game Pass, um, we know that they're kind of flawed in ways that we didn't really notice at the time because there were many things we accept, willing to accept, such as the fact you chase a cat, an NPC down the street only for them to go, I'm tired. And that's all the information is <laughs> like. And the fighting being very much sort of like quick time and yeah, there's a, there's a lot of issues with Shenmue I have. So while it's obviously got a very pretty new graphical upgrade, whether the gameplay is going to be upgraded as well remains to be seen. But I don't know. I guess mm -hmm. people are going to be happy that it's finally coming out. <laughs> yeah, I think another one that caught my eye would be Songs of Conquest, but it's more of like a turn-based strategy game. Um, I don't know. How did you feel about it? Uh, yeah, I mean, they're calling it uh, a love letter to, like, Total War and Heroes of Might and Magic, and it's very hard to tell from from the game how it's obviously going to work, because obviously Total War works on this huge scale. So while how that's obviously going to sort of play, I mean, the whole sort of concept is going to be, you know, assemble troops, build civilization, conquer things, wash, rinse, repeat, um, sort of style of gameplay, which is all very exciting to see, and I'm just, as I said, I just want to see some actual, some actual gameplay here rather than just like. Well, that one had gameplay, I believe. That one had gameplay. It showed off a bit of like that pixelated, um, you know, the pixelated style okay. and stuff like that. So I think that was, you know, most of it was gameplay because it's heading into um, closed alpha, I believe. So that's, you know, something to, I guess, keep an eye out for. Um, I'm always a bit. I'm interested in turn-based strategy, but I always worry about how the execution and what uniqueness they add to it. Um, so the next game that I really was interested in, I think just because it was, it's kind of like, um, is Chris Tales, which is, they call it a love letter to classic JRPGs. Um, and I really like the fact that, you know, I wonder how the concept is going to work because they're saying that at the same time you can look at the past, present, and future. So, uh, obviously, the, the demo has, is already, like, the debut demo is available on Steam to download. You can try that out if you are interested. Um, but, you know, the game doesn't have an actual release date, but it's going to be in 2020 at the current, you know, time. Um, after that, I mean, it sounds really ridiculous, but last year I was really in interested in Maneater. I think <laughs> that my interest for it is fluctuating a little now. Um. I like the idea of playing a shark. It's a shark PG. Uh, yeah, it's a shark <laughs> PG. Um, you know, we're big on shark movies for those who, you know, maybe a shameless plug here that we also run a podcast called Movies and Tea. And we talk about shark movies over there on our after hour shows. Um, so, yeah, um, it's really, you know, I think it's one that could be some funny comedic gaming time. I mean, it's so nice that someone's finally made a game out of the Baby Shark song. So, you, I mean, you start off as Baby Shark, and then you eat your way up the food chain to become, you know, Daddy Shark, and eventually becoming your Granddaddy Shark. And then being, like, Dead Shark. And then it'd be, by then it would be Man Eater 2. Do, 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 do. So, um, I'm excited. I mean, we didn't actually see any gameplay, but it certainly sounds cool. And the trailer's funny as well. Wow, so. they had a lot of gameplay in that one. Last year there was no gameplay, but this year there was quite a bit more, at least. You know, we kind of got a little bit more of the shark moving around. I still think that the movements is where I'm a little bit, you know, iffy yeah. about. 
I feel like it's still not as polished as it should be, it's, but... Um, I mean, it's such an untapped genre. I mean, what's the last shark simulator yeah. we had? That, what, Jaws Unleashed? And that was awful. <laughs> so you can only go up from there, so... <laughs> and then um, we're nearing the end of the, the gaming show at this point. So, I mean, they ended the conference on two games, which was mostly just a cinematic trailer, very little information. That was Genesis Noir and El Hijo. Which both looks interesting, but super, like, unclear what's going to go on, especially for Genesis Noir. Um, but, I mean, El Hijo is kind of like a stealth, um, western, south yeah, game. Yeah, <laughs> Stealth game sort it's, of thing. Um, um, a spaghetti western, but instead of people shooting, e- it's instead of, like, people shooting each other and grizzled leads, you're going to follow a six-year-old boy whose stealth is his weapon, and... Yeah, it reminds me a lot of um, uh, that Mexican wrestling game that we like, Guacamole. Uh, Guacamole. Yeah. <laughs> For some reason, yeah. even though I think this one's going to be a lot more sort of subtle, and mm-hmm. yeah, it's just there's a lot of fun sort of concepts. Uh, you know, he's a six-year-old, yeah. so we can't fight anyone, but he'll use things such as like baskets to hide in. He used distractions to get past obstacles. So certainly, the graphics yeah. look cool, and uh, I love the concept. Yeah. Um, the final game that I want to talk about is um, Telling Lies, which we, we you know, our episode of Her Story has been postponed, so we haven't uh, posted it up yet. But, um, you know, Telling Lies is a spiritual successor of Her Story, which, <laughs> um, to be fair, we had very different opinions of um, how we felt about the game. Uh, and, you know, I'm not going to say too much about it, but definitely... Um, Telling lies looks more interesting mostly because there's, like, more people to listen to their stories. Um, And the story seems to be interesting as well. And they have more of, you know, known actors this time instead of, you know, someone that's less known in the first one. Um, So obviously this one, um, adding on to, you know, the, the actors going on stage to present games, Logan Marshall Green was at the PC gaming show um, to, pr- to promote it with the developer obviously um and that's nice i mean i'm interested i'm interested to see where this game goes um i think that her story was more of like you know like a starting point i hope that their life in this this developer is not just going to be spiritual successors of her story and keep going in that direction but it's nice to see them still building a little to expand that idea a little bit more and maybe this time the execution is going to be better than the first game um, although I'm sure a lot of people who played her story, you know, I know that a lot of people did lo- love the game, um, were kind of, you know, not quite at the loving point of it. Uh, so that's why I'm bringing that up. But yeah, that's something to look forward to. Her story, review from us, coming up at some point after E3. Mm. <laughs> yeah, so moving on to something, I guess, a little bit more exciting after a big chunk of this is gone is the conference that you always look forward to. And that's Ubisoft, so how about you kick it off? <laughs> yeah, Ubisoft is, all, is normally like our party conference. And it's normally great when you've like had two conferences where they've released, what, 120 games between them for you to review. So it's nice to have have that, uh, that, that reward to look forward to. Um, unfortunately, Ubisoft in 2019, one of the biggest disappointments of E3, I have to say. It's... And I know that uh, Kim's probably going to go, oh, it's just because certain people weren't presenting or it didn't do 
you didn't have people crashing mopeds on stage and stuff and the fact that it was very reserved no it's nothing to do it's just the fact the product was just kind of meh this year um we open well i have to also make the point that you know starting with an orchestra is kind of being a bit playstation wannabe because playstation is usually the conference that starts with an orchestra true um i think that it was kind of like you know i think that kind of also dulled out that point where we were always so excited for ubisoft because you know just dance would start the show off and it'd be at a high note you'd have everyone pumped up yeah but uh um, even for you know like i don't play just dance but i i love watching the just dance part you know yeah but then we saw the just dance dance party this year and we're kind of glad that they didn't open the show um but no the assassin's creed symphony they're going to be touring around so you can check them out and watch gameplay from the assassin's creed at the same time so kind of like video games live um, it's a fun nerdy evening for you and your significant other, or aspire- someone you hope would be a significant other. I don't know. I I could see it being a classy classy date night going to see Assassin's Creed Symphony. Yeah. So I mean, I think talking back to the conference, a lot of it was sequels of games we've seen, um, DLCs, expansions, um, new seasons. <laughs> So we were really lacking on a lot of those original content. And then the original content that came out was a cinematic trailer, which showed nothing, you know, pretty much. So, you know, an overview of the conference in that sense is, you know, a little bit crazy is that it was disappointing because there wasn't really anything too special about it. You know, we had like um, we do have, you know, a mobile game for Tom Clancy. Elite, elite Squad, which is, you know, everybody's looking for in Tom Clancy's <laughs> mobile game. I don't know. Maybe I am, I guess, because I I do the mobile game roundup, so I'm kind of interested to see what, what happens with that. Um, obviously, For Honor did Shadows of the Hitokori, um, which is going to be a limited event, um, which, you know, is about the Japanese ghost mythology and all that sort of stuff, which looks interesting, but I don't play for honor. Okay. So <laughs> I know you play it. I think I think you play a bit yeah, of it. Yeah, I I play it badly, but yeah, I do play it. <laughs> um, yeah, I think. Well, we're we're obviously skipping over like the big announcement to the show, and it's weird that they open with it, and that was Watchdog Legion. Um, which yeah, just... I was gonna go to that after we got through all the. Okay. Stuff. Um, <laughs> yeah. But yeah. But yeah, Watch Legion, yeah. you. They're mixing things up for the Severed installment. Uh, first off, you're going to be in London, <laughs> which is obviously how we all talk <laughs> around here, because we all think we talk like Dick Van Dyke in Mary Poppins. Um, <laughs> and basically, yeah, this time you're going to you're going to be able to form a whole unit of up to twenty agents. So we've got that uh, GTA Five mentality there where you're going to go be able to switch between agents you're going to recruit new agents to uh to join you and this was really kind of cool because the range of skills that you're going to be able to incorporate you're going to have like things like the tech savvy granny who's got a spider drone you can be like the (laughs) thug who's really good with his fists and you like build up your little unit to overthrow this sort of totalitarian government and it's kind of interesting they're going with this especially with you know britain being in political chaos at the moment with brexit and you know weak leadership and i mean obviously america's got its own issues going on as well 
Which I think would be too. <laughs> the world has, you know, it, it's just too easy. So they've decided to mix things up and do London this time. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I was very. It, it looked very cool. It's yeah, for sure. I mean, Watch Dogs Legion was a good way to start the show. Um, it was really. I was really caught by it from the first part, and then you know, right away, you see the skull show up, and you're like, oh yeah, dead sack, yeah, Watch Dogs. <laughs> Where are they going now? You know, um, no, I'm, I'm, I'm really excited. I, you know, I don't, I, I'm playing Watch Dogs. I'm super slow progressing right now, going tiptoeing through it. Um, but yeah, I'm really interested to see where this mm. one goes. Um, it's going to be a nice one to check out. Um, obviously, we also were followed with, you know, afterwards. Um, I guess you would call it celebrities, right? Celebrities showed up. Um, for Mythic Quest was a uh, creator of um, Always Sunny in Philadelphia. So yes, Rob, a bona fide celebrity yeah. himself. Um, yeah, it's kind of yeah. weird when we have something that's not a video game announced, like Microsoft had um, that sports car last year, which which yeah. is like no one who's watching this is going to be able to afford that car. So why are you showing <laughs> it us? Uh, but yeah, Mythic yeah. Quest is going to be on. It's going to it's a show that's being produced for Apple TV. Um, yeah. but um, it's at least I mean I don't have Apple TV, but sure. Yeah, I mean they they did have actually have a purpose because he's teamed up with Ubisoft. Ubisoft are going to be providing the gameplay, and it's yeah. going to be kind of like Silicon Valley. It's going to focus around a team of devs uh, working on this RPG called Mythic Quest. Um, Rob McAnally is going to be playing this <laughs> uber egotistical sort of team leader and they showed this show the clip which i thought was really funny where basically they do this announcement for the game but it's just more about this team leader than it's actually about the game itself and just like stroking his own ego and having seen the microsoft announcement for the new tech and being distracted by the guy with the stupid beard it was like it couldn't have like come at better timing because it's all like here's game developers now here's the parody version Um, but yeah. as he said, he was like fully yeah. expecting to get his ass kicked because there was nothing but game, game team leaders behind the scenes. So, <laughs> well, you know, I'm sure most of these people have a fairly good sense of humor. I feel like that's might maybe something that you need. Um, but yeah, after that, you know, obviously, I never knew that John Bernthal was that popular until I saw the amount of people that was applauding him. But I guess he did the Punisher, so he does have a lot of credit he turned up with a dog um, they turned yeah. up with his dog that's what people were cheering about yeah, yeah, people yeah. like to see dogs i mean john wicks yeah, built yeah, a yeah. whole freaking franchise of a bloody dogs being given <laughs> god worship like status so yeah so john bernthal is part of uh tom clancy's ghost recon breakpoint uh which is the game that follows ghost recon wildlands um this time you know we switch around a little uh we you know mix things up this time it's you know, the ghosts have, you know, they're, they're, what is it? They've gone rogue. Yes. So, yeah. So they're like ghosts that have gone rogue. And um, they're called the wolves, which is the point that I was making before about how everything is called wolves now, apparently. Um, but, yeah, no, this is, uh, this is going, the, the beta is going uh, live on September 5th. And you can register for it at ghostrecon.com. Um. <laughs> the problem again, another problem with Ubisoft is that because they had started with Watchdog, they had no big game to finish. We we got a we got a yeah. small little trailer for Gods and Monsters, but that's not how you end a show, people. Um, yeah. So I guess the last big announcement of the night is Uplay Plus. 
um, which is going to be the Ubisoft streaming service. Mm-hmm. So we've got around 100 games from the Ubisoft library there, and it's going to be available from 2020, uh, as well as on Stadia. Now, mm-hmm. how this is obviously going to play, because, I mean, this market is already pretty saturated. I mean, you've got PlayStation Plus, you've got Game Pass. Now we've got, you've got EA, have got their pass, and now we've got uh, Ubisoft Play Plus. Um, I think much like EA, Ubisoft have got a strong enough library to, you know, make it a sort of a casual subscription if you don't if you haven't got like you know the, if you've got the money to subscribe to all the services it's like kind of like with you've got like netflix and amazon prime and you've got shutter and arrow you kind of like switch between them depending on what you want what's the sort of offering so i think yeah. ubisoft have definitely got enough of a catalog there to make it sort of worthwhile there's enough interesting games there but it's becoming an ever more saturated uh, sort of marketplace and you know you just can't afford to pay for everything because some of us have got bills yeah. we don't all live in our <laughs> parents basements yeah. you know we have the basic need for you know electricity and food so yeah. um yeah that that generally wraps things up on that point um but yeah no i mean they also had some you know uh, other announcements you know they had the division two which they've kind of planned the 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 different chapters forward episode two three four whatever um they've moved forward into different they talked about you know the different areas that they're going to be exploring opening up the different missions they also you know dropped a teaser on rainbow six quarantine um which seems like which i've never been a big rainbow six fan but i'm kind of intrigued by it i don't know but there's not really much to talk about i'm a big fan of virus outbreak things i don't know why (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> not a big fan of it in real life but you know a big fan of it there um and then they also announced uh the last you know before gods of monsters was another game that they're working on and that's um roller champions yeah uh which there's going to be a demo that you can play um i believe and um on you play uh yeah i think that looks interesting i guess um roller derby and roller ball is kind of like this kind of untapped territory also i haven't seen a lot of games that revolve it's around just basically that, rocket so league it could but be a fun time yeah that's, that's yeah. the problem it's like you look at it it's like oh you just want to make yourself a rocket league game because that's like one of the biggest games on the planet but but the thing is i feel like there's a real like i i know a lot of people a lot of my uh, like i know a lot of friends right now who are leaning towards that roller derby sort of thing so it's really becoming, you know, it's having like a revival in a certain way, I, I think. And like, it's really building up a lot more. Um, so maybe this will be appealing uh, in that sense. So I don't know. We'll, we'll see how it goes. I mean, at some point, I'm sure they're going to have like a beta or something before release to try it out. And that'd be interesting to try out. Um, so after that, after Ubisoft at night, we had Square Enix. And Square Enix was, I think, the conference that really change themselves up from last year where last year was just like trailer after trailer bomb and then this year there was presentations and then there was some really solid content you know um a lot of it had gameplay (laughs) which is always a plus um so yeah i mean obviously we started the show with like a 20 minute presentation full of gameplay and cinematic trailers and whatnot of the final fantasy 7 remake (laughs) because We've been predicting it for like what three years that it's gonna show up, and then the one year we didn't predict it, it shows up. Wow. So yeah, and and you know, I mean, they showed up. They gave you a release date. They gave you gameplay. They told you what to expect, kind of thing. Um, a lot of really cool concepts to it. So 
Um, I'm thinking that we'll probably buy it. Like, at least I will probably buy it on release. But I'm not sure right now. We'll see how that goes. Like, I'm really excited for it. It's, it's one of, I think, probably one of my top anticipated games right now. Especially after their presentation. Yeah. I was thinking, you know, enjoy that footage because you're not going to see this game for at least another three years. We, every time they show a trailer, it's like, we don't want to see anything now for another three years. And they go, yeah, we're still working on it. So, And then, like, Scalebound, like, cancel it in front of you. But um, <laughs> Well, anyways, I'm going to stay positive. I mean, they have a solid date. And it seems like the games pretty much, you know, come together in general. So it seems nice. Um, um yeah, so after that, you know, um, Square Enix talks about... Uh, I'm always really interested in what Square Enix Collective does um, because they always pick up some interesting indie games. Obviously, uh, we had done an interview with another game that was part of the Square Enix Collective uh, before. That was Children of Zodiacs. Um, this time, you know, they're looking at next year's game is going to be Circuit Superstars, which is kind of like um, a top-down uh, racing game. Uh, you know... The stunt, we have a stunt gamer here who is obsessed with racing. So it was definitely something that is worth a mention and probably something that um, would be interesting to see how it's going to be done in general. It looks kind of cute. It looks more like my type of game. So <laughs> I don't know. I'm not much of a Gran Turismo game, but Circuit, Circuit Superstars definitely looks cute. Yeah. Um, yeah. we got a bunch of remasters coming out as well. We've got Last Remnant is being remastered. We've got Final Fantasy VIII is being remastered, which hopefully is going to pave the way for Final Fantasy IX, uh, which would be really cool, just so I can see those VV sprites mm -hmm. beautifully uh, yeah. remastered. Uh, we also have got the announcement of Square Enix Music going on to online, so, you know, you can listen to Cloud's theme or Tiffia's theme while romancing your significant other or <laughs> on the carpool if you want to make you like your your daily chores a little more exciting you can pretend you're in uh mithra or any of the other exciting square enix worlds um i don't know video game music for myself it, it very rarely works when you take it away from the game so i know yeah. I, I feel i feel the same way about it but um the stunt gamer is very different <laughs> Uh, he actually does listen to it a lot sometimes, so I don't know. Uh, the household here is very... This office in Montreal is a bit weird. Um, yeah, so I am really interested in hearing what you think about Outriders, obviously because you're a Bulletstorm fan, so... Um, yeah. <laughs> I'm just... It's certainly got potential to go there. I think I still need to see more. I mean, obviously, it's coming from creators of both, as you said, Bulletstone, which is awesome, as well as Gears of War Judgment, which is... Yeah, it's okay. Um, but post about the people can fly. Really happy Ubisoft took them under... Sorry, Square Enix uh, de developing projects with them. Really would love to see another Bulletstone, but I don't think that's happening any time. But what they are obviously promising is it's going to be like a dark modern shooter. So you're going to see some interesting FPS mechanics as well as the usual sort of gunplay fun. Um, and it's going to obviously be single as well as co-op with up to four players that you, know, you can drop in and out of your game, which is really me kind of cool. But I think is it, uh, it's one that we're just going to sort of wait and see at the moment. I don't want to make too many sort of assumptions just like, you know, get super excited. The fact that people can fly working on something. 
been a little fanboy there. Uh, but no, summer 2020 is when that's going to be out, which is always a good time for a good FPS to come out. But yeah, I, yeah, and then you know, obviously, Square Enix ended on their big game, which was um, you know a game that I believe we had predicted would be talked about last year, but it didn't nope. show up. So now this is uh, Marvel Avengers, obviously, that we're talking about. Um, you know, uh, if we didn't have enough superheroes, now they're invading our gaming world too. <laughs> uh, but to be fair, Marvel Avengers does look pretty good. Um, I'm pretty interested with it. And plus, it's, you know, Crystal Dynamics and Eidos Montreal, which is the team that did Tomb Raider, the new trilo trilogy Tomb Raider. So I'm interested to see where that goes because, you know, obviously the mechanics for Tomb Raider, at least, you know, the, la the latest trilogy one, was really, really well polished. And um, I feel like, you know, with them at the helm, at least I feel like the execution of the project is going to be nice. Yeah, definitely. I mean, that's... Going into the conference, I mean, everyone was saying they had been cancelled, and it was kind of a surprise the fact that they did this as the big final reveal. Um, the game itself, I mean, it's going to have a storyline that's sort of like got shadows of like the Civil War storyline, and sees the Avengers being outlawed and forced to reunite five years later when the Earth once again finds them in need of their abilities. Um, it's going to be featuring some wonderful voice talent from both Nolan North. Um, who I've kind of ruined for myself as a voice actor because I watched Pretty Little Liars and he played the dad on that. And, you know, he's not a great physical actor, but a great voice actor. Uh, <laughs> yeah. On top of that, like, I just want to make a point about Nolan North is that Nolan North for me is when he's like, the only other time I've heard him done another accent is in like um, Love, Death and Robots as like a Russian guy, Russian mob guy or something. Other than that, Nolan North just sounds like Nathan Drake to me all the time. <laughs> so he started being Tony Stark, and then I was like, huh? <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, you've also got Troy Baker there, who's going to be playing Bruce Banner. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then, you know, Troy Baker was really funny because he was like, he was like, well, it's a role I haven't done before, you know? Because he's done, like, the Joker, and he's done Batman. Um, certainly with the gameplay, we didn't actually see gameplay at the conference, but we did see after the conference. Some really interesting mechanics as you're going to be able to play uh, as each of the Avengers. And they've all got different sort of fight mechanics, like the Hulk can fight two enemies at the same time, so he can have an enemy in each hand. Um, Captain America is like a real sort of, like a real sort of grounded, middle-of-the-road sort of fighter. Iron Man can obviously fly. Black Widow's got sort of like sort of stealth and close-up abilities. Thor is like a heavy hitter. Um, I'm trying to remember who else that we saw on there as well, but yeah, um, really exciting to see how it plays. And I mean, it's going to allow you to have up to four players at the same time. So if you can, you know, gather that many fun people to play with, it's going, you can play out your little Avengers fantasies there. Uh, but yeah, yeah I mean, that's coming out yeah, May 15th next year. Yeah, and, you know, they also gave the additional thing is that, you know, all additional updates are going to be no extra cost. So any other free content expansion ETC is going to just, you know, be free, which is always great because the game is probably going to be freaking expensive. Um, so, you know, <laughs> <That's positivity problem. laughs> as most triple, no, as, as most triple A games, right? They, they start at like, you know, in Canada, it's about 80 bucks for, you know, any triple A yeah. game in general. Um, you know, base. Uh, but yeah, so, I mean, that pretty much wrapped up Square Enix. Uh, it was really good, I think. It, you know, stepped up its game, brought out a lot of, you know, concrete things that we can work with, which is always nice. Um, it definitely, you know, 
uh, made me a lot more excited about the conference after that one finished. Although after that, there was really nothing else but Nintendo. Yeah, Nintendo. Never big conference, uh, big surprise really, because Nintendo's conferences are I, they're pretty lackluster, and they didn't help the fact they come at the end of a busy conference week. So like you do free com- you do free days at E three, and you see like. I don't know about eight conferences, and then you got Nintendo Treehouse at the end, where most of the time it felt they were phoning in, and worst of all, that you had to see Reggie, who is kind of unnerving. But now they've obviously got uh, Bowser, who's uh, head of the Amer- Nintendo America, uh, which they made such a also oh, funny joke about, which I know that apparently it was lost on me, but it, all I've seen in like the other press has been like, oh, Nintendo made this really funny joke because you see the head of Nintendo America, his surname's Bowser, and the evil villain of Mario is also called Bowser, so we'll have Bowser come out, and oh, you funny, funny people. I was unaware of that until it showed up, so I was like, okay, yeah, sure. Um, yeah. Executives can't act. <laughs> um, but yeah, thankfully, the showcase more than delivered here. Um, First off, I mean, Super Smash Bros. Ultimate, we got new roster additions. We got the hero from Dragon Quest um, 6, who comes with costumes from Dragon Quest 3, 4, and 8. The second reveal being Banjo-Kazooie, who has got an interesting skill set. It basically, they've transferred uh, all the unique skills that uh, this pair have uh, into the game, and, you know, Looking at the Super Smash Bros. roster and the fact you got like Mario Watch as a playable character, I think it's they're really doing some interesting things with the new roster edition, and it's a really deep roster as well. So, yeah, I mean, after that, they did Luigi's Mansion 3, which looks pretty cool. I mean, now that you know our headquarters has a Nintendo Switch. <laughs> It's going to be interesting to see, um, you know, what games, uh, you know, there's a lot more excitement from us this year than previous years. Obviously. We have a Nintendo Switch, uh, when- but we only have Mario Kart and a whole load of retro games because um, the problem, yeah, the problem with the Switch is that there's, it felt for the longest time that there wasn't really anything to really sort of play. And then this conference comes out and it felt Nintendo finally established what the Switch is, who its market are, because obviously we had the Wii yeah. and the Wii U, which were like for kids and non-gamers, and now we got the Switch, which is like this cool you know, this cool little sporty little console where you, you know can take it on the bus and the bathroom or wherever you like to want to play games and looking at this conference, they were very sort of mature like RPGs and like games that proper yeah. like gamers want to play. But we stood that accessibility and Luigi's Mansion being the perfect sort of gateway between the two. And the, I would say the game I'm really the most excited about in this that I really want to get my hands on is Luigi's Mansion 3. And hopefully mm-hmm. we can get some remastered versions of the other two. Um, so we don't have to like constantly keep the GameCube plugged in. <laughs> just so we can play with Luigi's Mansion. So Yeah, and then I mean... I think another game that really caught my eye was um, the Link's Awakening. That one looked pretty cool. Yeah. Um, The latest Zelda title to receive the remaster treatment. This one's a real interest because it's a ground-up rebuild. Uh, So we get a new graphical style. Kind of reminded me of the that Fox RPG we saw like at the PC gaming show last year. I can't remember its name, but um, oh the yeah 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 that's what that's what I was thinking about too. Um, that was Tunic. Tunic. Um. 
so it's a, it's a really sort of cutesy graphical style which I think is maybe diversity to some but certainly the game looked really cool and I can see it working well on the Switch I kind of feel like, you know, I kind of feel like it was like they saw Tunic be announced and then they were like, you know what? We're going to beat you to the party. We're going to make a version of it. We're going to remaster our game to look like that, you know, sort of thing. Um, I kind of feel that that was, you know, that might have been the purpose behind it because it's just so similar. It reminded me right away of yeah. Tunic. Um, yeah. Uh, other than that, I mean, No More Heroes 3 looks pretty interesting. It seems a little bit, you know, that seems a little bit more of a mature content. Yeah, I mean, No More Heroes, I mean, it first appeared on the Wii. Uh, it was, I mean, it was one of those rare, rare mature games on the Wii. And it, it it's kind of nice the fact that they managed to keep it going, even though Travis Touchdown is basically the poochie of the Nintendo universe. He's about as subtle as a half brick to the face. And certainly, he's certainly <laughs> lo- not lost anything in the transition to the Switch um, as he shows up again with his trusty beam katana. Whether he has to still do the questionable motion to recharge it or not still remains to be seen but yeah, I mean it looks really really fun um, as he's still on his sort of quest to become the most deadliest assassin in the world and I mean it's 10 years since the last outing so it's kind of interesting to see the Nintendo still have faith in the property. So uh, hopefully... Hopefully, a new generation will discover it and uh, want to run with it. Mm. Um, but talking of uh, remasters, though, most excitingly, uh, Panzer Dragoon is heading to the Switch. Uh, this is really exciting, especially because this is a game that originally came out on the Sega Saturn and now sells for extraordinarily inflated prices uh so it's the fact that we get a remaster on the switch is great hopefully it leads to the sequel and the impossible to find rpg also getting remasters as well but very excited to see that um coming back um yeah and obviously and i think you know there were some there were some uh new titles i guess um uh but i'm not too familiar with some of like the more recent or what what not of Nintendo? So there's like Damon X Machina, that looks interesting. Um, third person shoot 'em up, right? Yeah, it's uh, and then there was you know crawler. Astral Chain, all that stuff. Yeah. Um, I mean the the most interesting thing about obviously when you look at uh, Demon X Machina is the fact that you've got uh Kinsho Tesakura who did Armor Core, which is awesome, and you've also got mech designer Shuji Kawamori who did um mech design for Macross, uh, which is an anime show, and you know if you mm. like giant mecha, it's good. Yeah, and obviously I think one of the more um you know more uh kind of you know, normal gamer stuff probably would be Empire of Sin, where, you know, you're definitely moving away from, this is kind of like further, furthest away from family content (laughs) as possible, because now we're talking about, you know, strategy and the criminal underworld and, you know, set in the 1920s, and we're we're really moving towards, you know, a, um, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how this game is done, because we don't, you don't normally, we haven't associated Nintendo with doing um, games like this in a while with like kind of like a darker uh you know a darker atmosphere oh definitely i think it, this is the thing with nintendo is that finally we're getting games that that as gamers we want to play it's not like niche games like you know carnival games or 
poke things with a stick simulator or whatever. It's it, it's less hinging on the the gimmick of what that the console is, and we're actually getting back to having proper games. I mean, yes, they're not perhaps in the same sort of like leagues of like PlayStation and Microsoft and the sort of properties they're putting out, but we're seeing just leaps properties that you you want to play on the switch and i mean they're also getting some decent exclusives like they got marvel ultimate lines free um now the ultimate lines games are big sort of cool following so to see number three go as a switch exclusive is very sort of interesting and the fact that disney have now basically bought up all the marvel properties means that we can see things like fantastic four teaming up with guardians of the galaxy we can see like marvel knights who are like sort of like the street team and things like punisher and um Moon Knight and those sorts of uh, guys. So it's really going to be kind of interesting the fact that you're going to be able to form your superior team and battle Thanos and the Black Order. And that's out uh, July 19th in 2020. So a little bit of time to come for that one. Mm, yeah. Um, I mean, other than that, I think a lot of people who are fans of Animal Crossing <laughs> got were really pretty excited about Animal Crossing New Horizons. Where it's kind of like, um, you know, it's a desert island concept where you're building, like, on a desert island, you're building a community sort of idea. Um, I like Animal Animal Crossing. I I played it, you know, um, a little bit back, back, you know, when it first came out. Um, (laughs) And, you know, it's my type of game. It's nice. It's cute. It's like being clubbed Uh, with a sack full of puppies. It's just so adorable. <laughs> it's like, but the, it's a world that is very non-threatening, um, yeah. unless you find like being bossed around by a raccoon threatening, I guess. <laughs> yeah, and then I mean, um, the show ended. Uh, do you have anything else you want to talk about? Um, I guess the big sort of news, really. I mean, obviously, with because um, we obviously saw a whole bunch of stuff that is heading to Switch. I mean, we've there's. There's like new games coming out like Wolfenstein Youngblood and Doom Eternal that are coming across. Um, then we've got like new properties such as like Stranger Things Season 3. We've got yeah. other games which are being sort of like adapted for it. So things like Witcher 3, um, Alien Isolation, um, yeah. and Super Lucky's Tale, which surprisingly I thought was going to be a Microsoft exclusive, but they've decided to sell it to the Switch as well. Mm. Yeah. You're not talking about that. Microsoft exclusives were a bit were, were a bit light this year, right? Eh? At least they weren't very highly emphasized. <laughs> it's it's hard to see like what was going what yeah. what exactly was exclusive when you're being bombarded with sixty odd titles. Uh. <laughs> True. Uh, well, yeah, and then I mean, Nintendo ended on kind of a pretty good note uh, in this fact that you know, for those who do love Breath of the Wild and you know, big fans of Legend of Zelda. Uh, a sequel is in the making now. Uh, no title, not a whole lot of anything. It was just a teaser, um, and then it ended the show pretty much. So I think you know, I think it's it was a positive way to end the show for sure. Um, I mean, it is definitely to be ex- something to be excited about, especially because this does uh, seem like it pick up picks up after Breath of the Wild at least. Um, so we'll we'll see where that heads, right? And I think that about wraps up all of our conferences for this time. Final thoughts? Anything you want to um, talk about? Final thoughts. I mean, going into E3 2019, there was there was a sense of negativity, and it <laughs> it 
uncertainty. <laughs> Certainly so. I mean, when skepticism. When one of the big players drops out, it sort of like leaves you all, and you've got other people like EA saying, you know, we're, we're just we're not going to uh, we're going to change the format. We're just going to chill games and have less talk and. It kind of left everything up in the air. I mean, a lot of the naysayers, as we said at the start, were saying, oh, you know, is this the end of E3? Are we moving on to other things and doing more sort of individual conferences like the PlayStation Experience, like the Nintendo Conference, and um, does it still hold its place? And I think certainly it did. And we saw some developers rise to the challenge, such as like Bethesda um, and Square, really sort of picked up Nintendo as well, picked up, and then we saw... Others where we were expecting sort of like great things only for them to sort of stumble with certain the case of Ubisoft and maybe mm-hmm. obviously when we come back next year, um it may be completely different again. I mean Ubisoft may have some exciting shows. I mean um Alicia might be back. Which would be nice. <laughs> <laughs> it's so like I think yeah. Ubisoft may have been slightly slightly less disappointing if uh if she had hosted at least she could have distracted us a bit more. Yeah, I I guess. I mean, I thought, you know, the conferences, I think we really, it's like what you said, pretty much the conferences really flipped around this year. Usually the con last year, the conferences that didn't really live up to our expectations Mm. this year really did step it up and, you know, kind of impressed us with a lot of games. And I'm just wondering, you know, after this, we're going to be doing, you know, as, as usual, we're going to be doing our top 10 AAA and our top 10 indie games, um, you know, after the show goes out, probably. Uh, and I just wonder how many of those games are going to be in those conference from those conferences that really impressed us um, more than the other ones because you know some of the bigger ones was you know the ones that had a lot of games in them and a lot of content that to be fair a lot of it I don't remember anymore when you're doing sixty games there's no way I'm going to remember sixty everything kind of just blurs <laughs> together at one point <laughs> it does if it's a PC gaming show um, where. I think I think some of those develop, some of the development teams they need to hire someone to speak for them because when you're seeing awkward developer after awkward developer it's kind of like oh, this is this is hard um, <laughs> and I would also like to see more gameplay in trailers not it's like yes it's very nice you got a pretty cinematic trailer but you know we, we occasionally need some uh, some substance to go with yeah, it it's exactly. very hard to like judge what we're going to be getting. When all you show me is cinematic, and then we saw things like Zombie Army Four, it's all I still no idea what's supposed to be going on in that. I think I think one of the main recaps <coughs> I had this year was that I went into this um, with skepticism, mostly because a lot of games that were announced in the last E3 and whatever happened in between were already released. So we went into this one with really like not really sure what's going to happen and kind of having an idea that well maybe they're going to build on certain uh, certain games that they've come out like you know Division 2 and that sort of stuff that's come out. And a lot of those things really did happen. And that's what the, it was is that it was a conference of it was like conferences of building on things they already had, uh, remasters and sequels and um that sort of stuff and then you know you were really short on a lot of original content because a lot of them are early in development probably they don't want to reveal too much so they give out cinematic trailers which you know still lack that substance that we need to kind of like get you really excited for a game that's to come out yeah so anyways i think that (laughs) it's been going on for long enough so (laughs) i think it's time to wrap this up um 
do you have anything else to no. say or can I wrap up? No, thank okay. you for thank you for joining us on our and our coverage of uh, of E3. Uh, obviously, yeah, we will be back next year for 2020, and uh, in the meantime, mm-hmm. obviously doing other stuff. Yeah. So um, thanks so much for watching or listening, <laughs> and. Um, you can follow us. Uh, you can find us on uh, Facebook and Twitter, where it's uh, facebook.com slash Game Warp Podcast. Um, and Twitter, it's at Game Warp Podcast. Uh, you can find us on twitch.tv, where we rarely stream, but when we do, we're at twitch.tv slash Game Warp Podcast. Um, and then you can check out, you know, our snack stuff and other little things that we're currently playing on Instagram, uh, which is, you know, our little gaming obsessions postings that we have and that's instagram.com slash game podcast till next time bye <laughs>